The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Sarah Beckley. I'm Trevor Flynn. I'm Ben Howard. And I'm Jack Newman, and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. This week, we're continuing on with our Bondcast. Woo! And this week, we're reviewing kind of one of my favorites, actually. One of the favorites of the Moore era, The Spy Who Loved Me, the 1977 Bond film. Yeah, here we go. Directed by Lourd Gilbert. It was released on July 13, 1977. Uh, feature song, Nobody Does It Better. Oh, yeah, there we go. We're getting into some, some good Bond songs now. I still maintain that last week's Bond song is still a good Bond song, but, you know. Sean saying what he is. Not quite as catchy as this one. I'll say that. No, this is this is it. This is. Are uh, you kidding me? It's so much catchier than this one. I, I I do like this song. I'm sorry. I do I do like this Bond song, even though Sean is wrong. I, about I was it. just telling Sarah this. I just realized that I'm biased against this song because I always think of the lady in uh, Lost in Translation singing it very badly uh, and Scarlett oh, Johansson that, making fun of her. That's not so like, that's not the song's fault, but that's not, always what I think of. Uh, oh man. Someday we need to review Lost in Translate. I have a lot of thoughts Do about we? that movie. I don't know. We <laughs> should review it on Animania and like have a go at it. I'm just saying. Like, Maybe, it's not, yeah. yeah, it's not the the context needs to be right. <laughs> yeah, the box office for this film was $185.4 million and uh, screenplay was by Eamon Fleming, uh, Richard Malabom and Christopher Wood. Ian Fleming is still tagged in this we'll talk about that in a bit uh but yeah. uh, for the summary in a globe trotting assignment that is hint that has him skiing off the edge of the cliffs di- uh diving a car deep underwater british super spy james bond played by roger moore unites with sexy russian agent anya amasova uh barbara bach to defeat uh the megalomaniac shipping magnate carl stromberg which is just such a name uh kurt jurgens who's just such a more of a name uh (laughs) who is threatening to destroy new york city with a nuclear weapon bond's most deadly adversary on the case is strongbuds hits man in the fucking title. I love that he's on here. Played by the unbelievable Richard Keel, a seven foot giant with terrifying steel teeth. Uh, yeah, that's 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 the intro. Literally just yep. ends with Jaws on there. I love it. Also, love how- apparently a body that's just also entirely made of metal. Like Jaws whole thing is that he's just indestructible for some reason. I, I think the metal, I think he has like adamantium or something coursing through it, his veins. He literally goes through like more shit than Wolverine's, all of Wolverine's <laughs> movies combined. Like right. Jaws just gets hit by like a bus. And, and we like, never talk about uh, the Jaws fashion icon. He always has a nice suit on and he always just gives a little, you know, just a little brush off whenever something yeah, like, terrible happens. I'm just like, <laughs> Yeah, he's he's Jaws is Jaws is like probably the best most known like Bond villain henchman, and he's just he's just yeah, the so, him and Odd Job are definitely definitely the two up there. Oh, I, I I'm sorry, Jaws Jaws is such a better thing. He's than better Odd than Odd Job. Job. I mean, I'm just saying in terms of like famous, like the most famous. Oh yeah, yeah, Odd Job Odd Job is famous though. I would suggest that Odd Job had a resurgence during like Golden Eye. Do you know what I mean? Because uh, you know what was, was great to do on Golden Eye, play was, Jaws, and then the guy <laughs> the other guy plays Odd Job, and like screwed. you cannot even see him. Yeah, no, I always played baron zamd yeah. and i was an idiot because he's like yeah. seven feet tall too and he's easy to hit mm-hmm. Ugh, the worst it's just like you have to shoot down the corridor you're taking up 75 percent of the corridor odd jobs taking up 45 percent like yeah that that's also reminds me i saw the egypt columns in this and i thought of that level on golden i was like is that where this comes from i don't know yeah, yeah. yeah. egypt egypt is really funny bit here too is that uh they they had a guy on set during all the egypt bits just for the from the egyptian government making sure that they weren't making jokes through all of this mm. and uh, about egypt specifically to make sure it was like represented well and so like the line about egypt Egyptian building that Roger Moore says has to be dubbed in. He just mouths the line so that the Egyptian guy on set doesn't notice, and then they oh dubbed God. it in later. Apparently, it got a huge laugh from Egyptian audiences. Nice, nice. <laughs> I thought that was so like extra just being raises for no reason bond like what the hell but no, like, apparently, the fact that apparently it was audiences like, liked yeah. it it's yeah, just, well, yeah. I, I thought it was too and then it's like in context they're like yeah Egyptian like the Egyptian government this time couldn't build shit for shit apparently and then you have the pyramids in the background yeah. so I mean yeah, yeah. Is Ter- that, terrible it, this has nothing to do with anything but is that pyramid light show real because it 
fucking rules. I want to go to that. So I want to go see that. Bad. I, I, do I, I say thought it. that was so weird. I just want to smoke like a shit ton of hashish and just go watch that thing. That was yeah. incredible. Yeah. That was some <laughs> new age, new age shit happening. It was so, yeah because it's no, not no. like it's not like a show or like it's like a planetarium show because it's not like. Oh, here's the pyramids. They were built four thousand, you know, whatever. It's literally like the ancient lands of the pharaohs came across yeah. the sea, and you're like, what? The also, why fun is fact: it, Why uh, is it in English? You know, who, like this. Is the other thing who watches it, <laughs> I, well, I never it's for noticed. Tourists, that, obviously, fair, fair. There's, there's one part in it I never noticed till someone pointed out, but when Bond is being. Uh, hiding from someone they didn't have Roger Moore for this scene so there's literally a painting of Roger Moore and if you look at it you can see because he doesn't move an inch it's just a fucking like cardboard standee of him like uh, like just standing okay. that's awesome awesome uh, I actually found a trip advisor advisory for the sound and light show at the pyramids so you can actually still yes. Uh, go do this apparently and it's, it's actually got a bunch of like COVID updates where you have to like you have to still like get the seats are far apart now no, it's just really funny. I would not have bet on that yeah, uh, that seemed yeah. like such a 70s thing along with no, the fucking I, disco man which I really liked but apparently there's fireworks now too so you know I think it's just gone full high tech there I mean man if you got a big rock out there that you sorry I don't it's not a big rock it's obviously the pyramid I don't know why well, it's not it actually the pyramids weird. it's a model of the pyramids the sphinx is real on location but the pyramids weren't showing up or something. Uh, yeah. Well, it, they are. They are like incredibly hard to film. Actually, like it's a, like you can do some landscape stuff, but shooting close up on the pyramids is like kind of difficult just from like a perspective point of view. There was actually like a bit that actually uh, I'm trying to think. I think it was actually in Transformers, like the second Transformers movie, where they had a whole thing about like having to shoot all the pyramids and then the, like digitally add in the pyramids because apparently they were hard to shoot on set or some shit. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember. So, that is, I, 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 don't, I, I don't I don't admit to watching the DVD specials for Transformers Dark of the Moon. <laughs> Dark of the Shut Moon. Shut up. Don't roll your eyes at me, Ben. I know that's the good one, but still. Come on. Yeah, still. Uh, so I just want to just give my own personal for this because this is like the Bond movie of my youth. Um, this is the one I, I had a. It was really weird. I don't know why they decided to do this, but for some reason, one of the DVD box sets was a series of three because it was 21 films at a time. So you got seven DVDs per box set. And it was like more like a sampler platter of Bonds than like chronological. It was not, you know, the first seven. It was actually like a random selection. So it was like Dr. No and then Goldfinger. And then I want to say Spy Who Loved Me. And I think maybe Octopussy was in there. Goldeneye. And so it was like, you got like a taste of everybody <laughs> a little bit. But the one I, and I only had that one. I never got the other ones. I don't know who gave it to me. I want to say my dad for Christmas one time. But I would watch Spy Who Loved Me over and over, over and over and over. And I think it's just one of those things that is so burned in my brain. and <laughs> such a like nostalgic favorite I cannot in any way, shape, or form be objective about this film. <laughs> it is just the one that is burned in my brain. And I think it was the Egypt stuff. Like, I think I was just super duper into Egypt. And, and it was kind of like an Egypt boom. You had like, uh, yeah. you know, you had Stargate. Yeah. You had The Mummy. There was a lot of specials on Discovery Channel. And ABC at the time. Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. I didn't Yu-Gi-Oh watch Yu-Gi-Oh, but uh, <laughs> I, I know there's Egypt stuff. And then, like, uh, yeah. there was a lot of, um, I don't know if you remember, there's this guy who was an Egyptian archaeologist, and he was, like, a minor celebrity at the time. He was always hosting these specials about, like, we're going to go inside some ancient tomb we've never gone in before. And then they go in and they find that it's been robbed, like, 10,000 years, <laughs> 2,000 years ago, and there's nothing there. But it was still fun and exciting. And uh, there was just kind of like a weird uh, Egypt was just around at the time. Maybe it's always around and I was just young and into it, but uh, it felt like it was. And so no, this I mean, to me most, is like most 
kids in the 90s had that book that was like, I don't know, Secrets of the Egyptian Kings or something. It was like yeah. gold with like the, you know, some big yeah. eagle on the front, the Eye of Horus and stuff. Like you either had yeah. that book or you had a book about dragons and you had to have one of them. And there was <laughs> I don't, no don't count out. Well, and, and don't I, count out Norse got, and Greek mythologies. Those were true. more my thing. Yes. Yeah, I had I had I illustrated giant uh, Iliad and the Odyssey, which was just like the cool kids version. Nice. And I still. Yeah, it's it's still as rapey awesome. as you remember. Yeah. <laughs> I opened it up and I was like, "What the fuck were my parents thinking?" And he wanna... stole her slave girl and raped her. And I was like, uh, uh, "Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man." Oh, just go watch it. I, I I also had one of those books. You know those books that were like cross sections, like it was like cross sections of sh- ships oh, or yeah. trains. Yeah. They had one for James yeah. Bond, and it was awesome and i want to find it wherever it is because it would show like the volcano layer and it would show all the little pieces and the bits and like to me like i i think part of it also is to me bond is the weird lewis gilbert i did the same movie three times bond you'll see with the next one moonraker he literally does the same movie three times he loves a uh a big layer that's in some odd location that uh, has a series of people all in matching jumpsuits. In the end, there's going to be two colors of jumpsuits that are all shooting at each other. And, and there's a monorail. Yes, there's a monorail. The monorail. monorail. And it can't, usually can't starts with a, a ship eating a bigger ship. Yes. <laughs> almost <laughs> yes. always a, some kind of vessel eating a smaller vessel. Um, and I think I just kind of associated that and and... The, the, the punchline to this story is that uh, I, spoiler alert for if we ever get there, Casino Royale is my favorite Bond film of all time. And I didn't see it in theaters when I was 16 and all my friends went to see it because I was the only 16 year old who was an old man going, that's not James Bond. I remember this is born <laughs> I identity can, I can tell. in a James <laughs> Bond friend. James Bond goes inside of... <laughs> The sharks and he gets out of a shark elevator and then he shoots a guy through a long tube and that's how Bond works. <laughs> I was the only person who didn't see it and I'm so mad I've never seen Casino Royale in theaters. So thanks for the love. They me. have. I still love. You it. can probably see it. They have Bond. I mean, dude, they gotta have Bond anniversary stuff. Like he, he, they'll show he, it. They'll we, show we're it. We're gonna get. We're gonna get you there. We're gonna get you there. It'll I, be the I'll 15th say, anniversary next year. And hopefully theaters will be open I, I, I will year. say, I think that there is a lot of quintessential. A lot of these movies tend to have, I think, like, like a key Bond movie. Like every every Bond movie almost, like, uh, except for a couple, has like a quintessential Bond moment where they did something kind of new, which is the which is the whole thing with this franchise. That's we just, we have an aggressive amount of cool moments stacked on top of each other, creating this ethos of James Bond. And I think that The Spy of Love Me has just, has a lot, like this one is just like back to nailing the feel of James Bond, whereas the last movie had all, wasn't really there. This one feels like really like, it, and it, I, it, it, I do think it's Egyptian. I think like hitting the quote unquote tourist traps, if you will, and like a tur- like oh, classic yeah. tourist I mean, traps. Travel like, movies too. It's also like it's also like you know things like it had plies over with like Indiana Jones. It's just got you know you, you got your water fortress, you got your in Cairo, Egypt, and you're going place to place to place, and then you got that uh, your nightclub, the exotic dancers. Oh, oh yeah, that's a classic. Yeah. I just how many Bond films have a belly dancer in them? I was about to say another belly dancing scene. Oh, well, and, and well, in particular, Sarah, what they do is you just tell that the broccolis travel the world and they see some weird, unique—not weird, but you know, a sport or a a a, a art that is not uh, commonly English and feels different from a lot of what they have, and so they like, yes, mm-hmm. all of this. And when they go to Egyptian, they want to be the most Egyptian. They want belly dancers. They want fezes. They want hookahs. They want it all. So, well, don't get me wrong. A big part of the a big part of the reason that I like James Bond films is for the the scenery. Oh yeah, like you know. And and I take that too. It's like, and I think that's exactly right. I think that as a cinematographer and like as an editor, if you're going to put something onto film and try to look at the area i mean and I, I think it's i think it's less guilty of these tropes because of the time period in which it's make i think it's still guilty of troping up and putting culture into like a tropey form and then presenting it but at the same time as the editor and creator they're really good at taking like a view of these places 
editing them together and giving like quote unquote the version of this culture in such a way that it seems con- like consumable for the audience that's taking it in and that's gives it that world traveling vibe and i think i think the spy who loved me is really good at that because and i think also like I, I think the other thing is like and you know the the character of like anna and this is actually like she's more on bond's level yes. and there's like a good back and forth and i think that that is a it's another it's it's fine and, and she still is a damsel in distress in the end i'm not defending that but you know for bond and that's the thing it's still for bond like it's still a step up from good night god help me good yes night. jesus christ i disagree i well i'm not disagree, no, 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 go ahead, disagree go ahead. that she's a step up as to being you know from good night in terms yeah, of yeah I, uh, I get that that's that's like <laughs> hey, down character. there in the barrel where but are you <laughs> i i'm very this reminds me more than um you only live twice which was the previous director's film which i mean it does remind me of because we got to have the big secret base and everything and uh and all that but uh it also reminds me very much of my reaction to from russia with love in the terms of the core conceit that we have this, like a lot of the dramatic tension of the movie, you know you don't care about the plot. A lot of it is coming from the relationship between Bond and this Russian woman who is, it's very like Cold War. Is she going to betray Mother Russia for this guy? Is, is Bond going to win her over? And the answer is, of course, yes. yes. And yeah. So it doesn't really work for me. I don't really buy into their chemistry and their relationship and their repartee as being very interesting in this movie, even though it is what takes up a lot of the actual dramatic tension of like the quippiness of Roger Moore in this is directed at her. And I don't really enjoy their relate their dynamic very much. I don't find her very interesting. I, I think when and it's the same problem I had within Russia with Love, where I think when a Bond movie tries to like center itself around that relationship with the Bond girl, it ends up being more boring to me because the Bond girl is inevitably so thinly written that I don't really care. And so that was kind of a big problem I had with this movie for sure. Um, yeah. as, as you know, as much as she is like also a spy and they have this fun back and forth kind of thing where like she knows it's actually in uh, the, the the base is actually in uh, what's the location. I can't remember that they go to where he's it's it's one thing and she is just as Sherlock Holmes as him for a minute where she just happens to know that it's actually in. Uh, wherever the, the the place the name the name of the place is is uh, not right. occurring to me, but anyway, no, I I totally I totally don't disagree. I mean, I'm not defending their relationship or the viability of it in this movie. This is a world trotting. He gets the girl in the end movie, and I just think I just saying I think it's like I guess like it's. It's. I think the word I'm looking for here is less objectionable. Well, two words, I guess, is less objectionable. Is uh, is kind of the take on it versus like we've had diamonds are forever and and like and then we had like the girls and and like that. I just feel like you know this is like a, a huge dose of at least some capability here. Like you know she karate sure. chops. She's not she like karate the girl chops in, jaws uh, and she gets taken out. But like, yeah. I mean she does karate chop jaws and she's I, not I, I like the Bond girl that gets killed immediately. I think in uh, the black exploitation one. Who works for the CIA but doesn't oh, know how to fire I a hate gun? That, that. <laughs> yeah, that she is seems a, so I think, I think, interesting man. at first, and then she's like, "I'm afraid," and she dies instantly. And you're like, Jesus. "Yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not. That's not good." And, no, and that, I definitely and, appreciate that. I just think the movie is structured around the relationship, and I don't. The only it. the only reason that, that there's a better Bond girl in the last film is because you know Scaramanga is best girl. That's the only reason. <laughs> that's the only option. Uh, I, I I don't know. I think I I do think that this one that it does falter along the relationship, but I do think that this is kind of a return to form for Bond in terms of like world trotting. And I think that like I think Scar I think the man with the golden gun was fun in that regard as well. I think this one hits the notes better in just like a weird sort of way. And I'm not sure if that's just my own cultural understanding or cultural identification with Cairo or like you know kind of just like how it is. But it just it's just like Bond is actually weirdly tied for the majority of his best films to like underwater exploration in like a weird sort of way oh, man. where yeah. he's like yeah the sub car is just like iconic as fuck and it, I love I love how it's also I like I love could. the Lotus Esprit I know it's a weird yeah. boxy car but I think it time has held it well it's kind no, of become no. it's now you know aesthetically much more yeah, interesting because it's, it's got a vaporwave look to it and it's 
the the sub is just <laughs> fucking rules. It's just great, and, and it's also like they got all these panels popping out of it. It looks like a believable spy car too, because they got the panels popping yeah. up. It's just got that look to it, and so all the stuff like worked and shit, and so it just looks good. I love how they they also like couldn't make it drift around corners because the car was like too stable on like four tires, That's and cr- so then they had to like they had to bring in like uh, like the guy that made the Lotus, like Roger Stone, to drift it around corners, and then like That's awesome. and then they like they had him do a test one, and he just did it perfectly they're like okay next time we're gonna roll the cameras and then he was just like the, st- the stunt driver for the rest of the whole scene which i think i think that i think that middle scene like really adds like a so much value to this film and i think also it's like the scene that is actually ironically this is the scene for me that's like quintessential bond chase bond car and it's funny to me that it's not the aston martin like it's just has never mm. been the Aston Martin for me. Well, are you talking about the underwater part? Uh, with no, the all mines, of it. Just like, just like the, the, yeah, the mines, the, the mines, uh, just, the lands, the I guess all oil slick, <laughs> Jaws in the car, like, and Jaws can slightly drive better even though he's huge in the car and it's funny. It's like, it's the whole thing. It's like, the whole, the, I think it's also just like the chase is really well done. Like, it's got a good, like, it's just got a, like a good fine pace to it and Jaws is funny. There's humor bits. It's just, Roger Moore's looking at her and she like noses where the bond is. So it still gives it like a little bit of a toss back to her. I, I don't know. It's good. It's good. Yeah, it was, it's good. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. It's good. <laughs> Action wise too. There's a lot more fisticuffs in this movie. Uh, yeah. And a, a lot less. Uh, it was, it's weird. Cause I read that the writer said something about like, I feel like the last couple more films were written for Connery. And this one is I'm going to try to write more for more. But I, I feel like there's just so much more brawling and so much less like repart verbal like sparring in this one. And part of that is the thing that I have with the relationship with the Corbett. Part of it is that Jaws can't talk, I guess. So to me, Jaws is a henchman. I'm sorry I'm being the downer here. I'm, I was looking forward to Jaws and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of it in Moonraker. But to me, I. Jaws is kind of boring because he's so stoic and, and indestructible. Well, he's perfect. Roger the, Moore. Problem, the problem, I think, is that you have a perfect henchman with not a perfect villain. I think that's the one big flaw in Spy I Love Me. Is mm. I don't think uh, that Carl Stromberg is all that exciting of a villain. Sure. He, he's, you know, your classic, you know, I, I want to kill everyone and we live under the sea kind of villain. But he's just... He's just kind of a boring, vaguely European man. <laughs> like he's not like <laughs> super exciting or eccentric or weird like some later ones. And uh, Jaws would work well. Works well when he's he, he unfortunately gets two kind of boring uh, leads, and he's more interesting than them. And the problem is, yeah, like I said, he, he just talks. You might actually like him more well, in Moonraker because he actually has an arc in Moonraker. Probably. You're gonna yeah, like that's what I Jazz hear. Is, that's what I'm looking forward to. Jazz. To be fair, this is me coming off of Golden Gun, where uh, it's all about more talking with Christopher Lee and the back and forth with him and, and them. So and they were just only time really good friends. I don't know if you all have mentioned this, but it's the only time that the villain has been credited above the uh, Bond actor in a film. Oh, I believe yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I mean no, he's a knight. I, he's a knight. Yeah, so that, can, and he's he the basis of it, James Bond, supposedly. Yeah, uh, and also I'll say this: like Christopher Lee, like fucking like loved that film apparently like he named that film as one of his favorite roles he's ever done because he just had such a good time with roger moore which i think puts the whole thing in context for me is them just having a good fucking time well that's the thing about the moors is that they're the most chill (laughs) in many ways and and like moore wrote a book about his making of i think it was man of the golden gun and it's so funny because it's literally just him being like I did a few light calisthenics. Then it was vodka. <laughs> then I went out with Christopher Lee and we uh, went out to a bar and we drank all night. And then I shot like three scenes. And you're like, this is just like the afterthought of the movie, of these movies. Uh-huh. And, and, but you also have people just like crushing it with these crazy stunts. I mean, the, the ski chase, my God, the ski chase in this movie. Is Thank so yeah. good and so iconic and such a they finally know how to use the goddamn theme song perfectly. It is like the 
with yes. disco single yeah. with disco perfect. yes with disco also yeah, and fun <laughs> fact do not disco film, makes it perfect do not film a ski chase at night is the other thing they learned <laughs> like this yeah. just like makes it so much better i thought and my take f- on this was gonna piss y'all off but this ski chase like tops everything in ohms s i would I mean. agree oh yeah yeah it's so much better it's so and i, I like think the shootout I think that's better the thing. than the shootout yeah. in this which uh, is just a little chaotic i think the shootout yeah. now is more interesting with the and has good like scenery and the use the, the, the it, it's it's clearly a toss back to to uh you you only live twice but which is but it's, I guess yeah it's a way better overall ski bit. chase and yeah that, that punch yeah. is incredible yeah. well and he just looks so fly in that <laughs> bright yellow I, it, it, yeah fly oh, so is so the right word wow. with the disco and that that's the other it's thing not good it's fly <laughs> this is the most 70s of the 70s bond i would say this is that's the thing is, I, that, you, the other thing right. i need to say we're, is we're like, gonna have to live you only live twice and i'm gonna make you eat those words <laughs> not not you know, uh, for your eyes only but yeah moonraker and for your eyes only are more 70s in my mind well um, this is like maybe and i might be biased because i just listened to the you're wrong about podcast talk about the history of disco this is like the height of disco Go, right and this ski and it's right around, kind of yeah, a, yeah the, 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 it's kind of a double-edged sword for me because i was so primed for that and the ski chase is it's just so good with that and i feel like that is the only time that the disco music makes sense to me that is the only time the energy of the film actually matches like the energy of disco the rest of the time when it comes in during like the latter fights in the base and all of that feels kind of at odds with the aesthetic of the rest of the movie to me but god damn that ski chase man that made me so excited for the rest of this movie there was no way the rest of this movie was gonna live up to it for uh, me. yeah I, I disagree i think that i think the lotus is like the best part of this what, movie. what do you mean I, by I, the lotus like the lotus chase like i think the, the car, car chase oh, the car, is the like car, the, the, the car. i right. think this is this is the car chase this is the bond car chase for me and i think i think that's the thing i think the action in this this is like some of the best more air action uh i think that it all comes together i think that it's also just like you know it, it, it's also just like a combination of chill this is the most to my mind outside of Moonraker which I don't think Moonraker is technically better than this movie is maybe like a thing that I kind of admit to myself I would watch Moonraker over and over and over again but I think Moonraker is messier but I think Moonraker is more dumb fun is like maybe where I'm going with this I think I have more fun with Moonraker but I don't think that it's a better movie than this one <laughs> but I think that this is the most watchable rewatchable and the fact that like Ben is like oh yeah this is my childhood and I'm like yeah because it's like Demolition Man or like stuff like that for me yeah, it's like it's, you know, it's so rewatch it's so ch- it's somehow so action packed and chill at the same time does that make sense it's yeah, somehow it, it, both it like- matches that 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 level to me where where I just don't some of the ones that people love more, like a, like like Goldfinger, honestly, yeah, it's it's a little too slow for me. This is just like perfect yeah. mix of yeah. camp and ridiculousness. It, oh, and it's very gadgety. I'm a very much a gadgety Bond fan, and oh my I, God, yeah. I do love, love the peak Q, Moors. Q makes his appearance in this movie from just like sidling in from off screen. Yeah, <laughs> just like sidling into the shot, and, and <laughs> I. Love and, all the Q stuff. And well, yeah, and I just love like even though it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit racist. Uh, the, the, all the Q gadgets <laughs> being so ludicrous are just so great. Like, what scenario do you need a hookah machine gun? But <laughs> they just exactly. thought it was funny. What just, scenario like, do there. you not need a hookah machine <laughs> gun? That sounds like a great piece of equipment. <laughs> I it, it is also like it's like a super like I, iconic. I don't know the, the hookah machine gun is pretty cool. Uh, another thing too is like the final scene with like him and like uh, I forget what his name is. Stromberg. Uh, it's not Richard Kill. Richard Richard Kill is Jaws. Uh, it's uh, your yeah. Yeah, it's the yeah the uh, the gentleman the actual actor had web fingers uh and people didn't it. realize till the deep yeah the people didn't realize till the dvd came out that he had web fingers which is also cool i feel like they needed to show those off and be like man was meant to live underwater that's like well yeah feel like that's a del- that's the thing is i'll say this movie is like a little confusing and uh, it's a very basic plot and the thing that took me like five times to watch as a kid to figure out was that bond kills Barbara Brock's triple uh, uh, X's lover at the beginning of the ski chase. And yeah, that's yeah. why she hates him so much. And I'm like, I didn't, this just doesn't play at all. You really need to like, that's not hard <laughs> to like focus in on his right, face right. and then cut to a shot of her with a locket or something. And she's like, mm, I'll kill whoever. I actually didn't it, get that that happened yeah. in the ski chase. No, yeah, I thought yeah. that just happened in like a previous film. No, it's in the ski chase. You only 
see him naked and then he's wearing full ski gear. It's so you see his O face and then you see him in a ski mask. It's like it's it's get it. It's so funny. It's just like such a good meme template where it's just like Yeah. You have slightly different ski gear. <laughs> I'm off to kill James Bond. You won't ever see me again, obviously, because I'm not the love interest here. Yeah, you need to be free and available for Roger Moore. Yeah, I was watching I, that. And I was I'm like, a I feel rare like male love more than once. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, and I love I love how just everybody's up in the Alps at this one ski region, like fucking at cabins, and they all come out and have spy wars on us. It's incredible. It's incredible. I just it's just like such a view of the Cold War that I want to be true. <laughs> it's like somehow dark and not at the same time. I love it. It's this is also yeah. I think I think this is just that's just like the everybody's just up on the Alps fucking, and they come out ski around and shoot each other a bit, and then they go back to fucking. I'd like that's like yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the this, way to fight a war. This film just feels like a cocaine party like it just feels like a fun <laughs> night at a studio, <laughs> studio 54 that's, like, that's 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 like maybe like roger moore's like bit he's like the only sober guy at a cocaine party and that's like his whole bond aura <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> like that's how it is he's just, like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> just jack and coke he's for like, me darling but i don't do any of the <laughs> no stuff but then you go ahead <laughs> yeah. anyways the other i do i do think the other thing too and i think this is the big difference is i do think Roger Moore is really engaged with these movies as we see all Bonds kind of lose their chill with Bond movies at some point as they get older. And I think that's my thing with A View to a Kill. I think Roger Moore is totally like Roger Moore is the worst Bond when he is not engaged. And I think that's the difference. He's super engaged with Scaramanga and because they had just instant things. And I think he's super engaged with this. He actually did the stunt, the stunt with like the, the chair at the end where it blows through like the bullet blows through the chair. They weren't going to have him sit down and he decided to do that himself, even though they hadn't pressed the things. So like he was actually an actual mortal danger if he didn't jump out of the way when it was timed correctly like it would have blown him up apparently because the charge was in the chair and so he just has to jump out of this chair before it explodes so he oh, actually wow. did that so my point is is like i think that's like like you know when he's like got the gun under the table oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah because yeah. instead of just having an actual gun and shooting him you need a rocket gun for some fucking yeah. reason yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's it, his, it's really yeah it's so funny because uh, there's something kind of funny about the fact that his two elaborate gadgets are just only good for rubes. Like, if you have anyone who knows what they're doing, like Bond is instantly like, yeah, I'll stand on the sides of the elevator and not fall into your dumb shark pit. And then he's like, but my rocket gun. He's like, no. <laughs> just move to well, the side. It, it, uh, also, if you just sit at like any other chair at that table, it's yeah. not like it can, it's not yeah, like it can wait, jump wait, hang on. I have to move my very large tube. Hang on. Yeah. Wait. At, at least, like I'll say this. At can least you sit lower in the center, please. Yeah. You, why are you on the left? Yeah, like he like leans and it just like goes straight through. And it's like, oh well, you yeah, got a if, jaunty if, lean. So it if Bond is a bisexual and sits like I do, or just like this, he's just it's all doomed. Is, are, so are we gonna establish that's a, that's that bisexual? A dumb, it's a silly meme. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's a just, it's a, you know, a it's a gay <laughs> meme. Just just go with it. I, I, all right. I, 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 I didn't say I was gonna. I'm just asking. You know, for no, future it's a meme. <laughs> thing <laughs> all right anyways you must send I, I this do, to us later <laughs> i'll say this I, I just think that like i just think that like there's there it, 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 we're getting to the good place this is the per this is the height of like the curve of like dumbness to coolness mm-hmm. does that make sense mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. at like the trajectory perfect it meets in center. the middle That's perfectly. this movie yeah and then the next movie i'm gonna agree goes off the dumb scale and i love it for that and that's probably why it's one of my favorite bond movies but as a movie this is like right there because like oh the this tube gun is dumb but like you don't notice it in the context of the rest of the movie until you really think about it well, the sh- and the i shark, think that's why the shark elevator is perfect where it's just like why who built the shark elevator how did you had you request the shark elevator how does it work <laughs> why are how many times Bach? have you actually gotten to use it <laughs> like you know like, but, and what happens if your sharks aren't hungry because like you know you yeah. can just go down and chill with sharks like are you just not feeding the sharks because that's right. not how sharks don't get like more hungry that would be a good like, sketch not, i would love that yeah where they, they fall in the water like the and he's shark, like, yeah it's like, i'm wait. sure family guy has done that he's right, like the, the sharks, sharks eating, eating him, him. Oh, we, we fed them an hour ago sir fuck <laughs> That's, leave them in there. Wait, and they're trying to get out of the pool. We need to kill you. And it's like, no, I'm having a magical moment with these sharks. And he's just petting also, the sharks. Uh, you know, I think it was. I don't. 
Oh, when did Jaws come out? It came out the same year, didn't it? Or no, it came out yeah. a little bit. Yeah, same year. It, so. was, it was it was the same, I think. Yeah, it it almost feels they like... Were, they were actually going to get Spielberg to direct this one, but he was busy working on Jaws, <laughs> is what I read. <laughs> I don't want to, like... I don't, wanna, I don't like, think that's true. This, I wonder if like, that's true or not, because supposedly he always wanted to direct James Bond, but they wouldn't let him because he's American, and that's why he did Indiana Jones. That oh, really? Yeah. That's dumb. That was Yeah, Kerry Fukunaga was the I, first I, ever American director, the, the most recent one. Yeah, Jaws came out two years before this, so Jaws mm. was well established. Okay, I think then it's one hundred percent a thing that Jaws bites a shark. That is very much, I think, like a thing, a bit, like to, to yeah, reference that, that it's movie. A, it's a it's a thing. It's a thing. Also, just naming him Jaws because Jaws, I don't believe was a, was a fucking. He's not an Ian Fleming character. No, apparently he's based on a he's, character from the book, but he's had a completely different name, and he's not like quite the same. And the I, character in the book was named Horror and had braces. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. That's very that's very different. That means he's totally useless at biting anything. <laughs> oh no, he'll get my popcorn stuck in his teeth. Mm. Ah, if I kiss another girl with braces, we're fucked. <laughs> Here, why don't you Sorry. eat this gum? But no, my I, braces. Why, why am I not surprised that Ian Fleming found like another marginalized group to just like make fun of for no reason? People want to fix their teeth. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> but don't you know in Japan men come first? I don't know why that's the one that always bugs me. <laughs> like, that's it's pretty that's bad. the one with it's like. I don't know if we like, can attribute that directly to Ian Fleming, can we? I, I don't I, know. You've I, read the book, I, I haven't. I, I oh man, I don't want to talk about you only live twice, man. <laughs> no. Well, it's very relevant because this is the past. other. This is the past. other Lewis Gilbert, it, it, and I'm finding it, yeah. that I don't like Lewis Gilbert because I didn't appreciate you only live twice for all of its like big budget ridiculousness I still found it kind of boring and I'm kind of the same place with this one so now really? I'm worried about Moonraker because it's also him but I'm also ready for it to go just full stupid and him do yeah, whatever yeah. he wants it's to do really and enjoy the, it the that. value of these movies entirely different Moonraker Moonraker is just, Moonraker is just like what's happening <laughs> like, I, I'm wondering Moon- Trevor if you're going to be like a John Glenn fan because I feel like people don't yeah. love the Lewis Gilbert movies like the John Glenn movies he was the editor of a lot of these movies then took over mm-hmm. later on and, and he directed like basically all of them from for your eyes only to license to kill he has a like a right. six film run there where he's just like doing them all yeah there. And, and 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 i'm not gonna lie i am not the john glenn fan here man i, I like i yeah for your eyes only octopussy of you to a kill the living daylights and license to kill i mean i think it gets better with living daylights and license to kill i mean we can talk about oh my god those were a I conversation just, in and of themselves i like that uh, bond fandom has boiled been boiled down to a science where ben knows if i don't like lewis gilbert yeah, oh yeah. And i probably like john glenn <laughs> I probably I'm just guessing. I mean, I'm not going to have guarantees here, but I'm just I, guessing. I, 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 I really want to see I like I cannot. Fu- I'm, I'm just and from my perspective, Ben, I cannot imagine Trevor liking Octopussy. <laughs> oh, see, I just, think that'd be the on. one he might like. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. What? Why? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what is I we oh my god, we're gonna hey, have such a disagreement at Octopus. My my high score since oh, I don't Thunder love Ball, Octopus, but yeah. What before okay, yeah, Golden I, Gun I, yeah. was uh Diamonds Are Forever. So you guys don't know me. You, guys you don't know me. I I, <laughs> I, I, might, I, I might prefer like diamond no, I don't prefer diamonds. I'm gonna shut the fuck up. <laughs> I was about to say I was about to say I might prefer diamonds to like a view to a kill, and I I really don't like a view to a kill. And I might and one more prediction is I think uh, that Sarah might love for as only if only because of Topol. Tara, are you aware oh, that yeah, 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 yeah. Topol from uh, the, the the lead of Fiddler on the Roof is the main friend of Bond and for your eyes only? Wait, what? Yes. What? That. that might help. That might help That'll a lot. A beautiful That'll, Topol yeah. himself. He's like plays a Greek yeah. assassin. It's incredible. Yes. I was, I was about to say, the only good part about A View to a Kill is Duran Duran. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's a good one. I, I, I like, um, what's your name? No, no, I feel bad. I don't know her name. Grace Jones. Grace Jones yeah. is pretty good. That. Uh, no, no, no. That's that's. Uh, wait, no. That's uh, that is a view to a kill. I'm getting this wrong. I which one? Which one's? The, I think it's for your eyes only. That has the crossbow girl, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I don't like that one. <laughs> <laughs> wait. When is Duran Duran? Is Duran? Yeah. Duran Duran's a view to a kill. Yeah. I'm getting my fucking my John. Glenn. This is how much I hate John Glenn Bond movies. I have not watched them very much. So maybe I'll change my mind this time around. I don't know. 
I've probably those are probably that's probably the run that I've only physically watched once, to be honest with you. So I'm actually kind of excited. To, I've, I've watched. Let's be honest. I've watched this movie about 10 fucking times. And I'm sure everybody I'm sure I, I imagine that if there's like Bond films fans like this is like top five most replayed Bond films easily. It, it often is in the top five for sure. And it's, it's definitely the more that tends to have the most agreement on on it. Yeah, unless anyone's got anything else, I think it's time to put a score on I just want to say how much I love the opening and the, the this is probably yeah. my favorite Maurice Bender opening credit sequence. All the Russian and American imagery is really fun. Man, he phones it in later. I think in I think in License <laughs> to Kill is his last one. And you can tell he literally just watched five minutes. He's like, Bond has a camera? Okay, it's all about cameras. And you're like, okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, this looks like he actually is making I love the way the, the the bottles spin on the gun and I love the song a lot and uh, Trevor you're right there's nothing more 70s than the weirdest ending ever when they replay the most beautiful song and they add a marching band remix to it it's the stupidest dumbest weirdest totally craziest <laughs> I just yeah. every uh, single time I'm not ready for it and it's like nobody does it and I'm like what is there this? is an IMDB thing that says the marching band the start of that is referenced is the reference that was to why there's a marching band in uh, this not the spy shag me Interma- international man of mystery that's why there's a marching band in the beginning is uh, like, okay. it has to do with like that sequence apparently which I don't know if that's true or not this is like an IMDB fact IMDb that I read I don't, I don't, I don't fucking know it doesn't it doesn't like attune it doesn't like at usually IMDB the ones I'll read are like the ones that are like oh and this person said this and then it's there's a quote at the bottom linking you to where they said it I'm like okay that seems legit <laughs> like, right as opposed to like yeah the audiences in Cairo loved it I was like there's no quote there I'm <laughs> just saying <laughs> well, I do actually want to talk a little bit more about the music before we do it. close out. Do it, I, do it, do it. Uh, even at the very beginning, I know it's just stuff that Stromberg is playing in his lair, but I really like the use of classical music, especially while like, I don't know, he's feeding people to sharks or something. I just I thought it was really good. And um, I do love Nobody Does It Better just as a song. And so then I was really excited when it was not only in the opening credits, but I liked the way that you know marching band aside because that was weird but i like the way they changed it and used it throughout the film like you know when they're banging it's like on a saxophone or something and i really liked it and then they're in italy and so it transitions to like a you know accordion thing to fit like the stereotypical italian music style i just thought that was really nice and then one more thing going back to whether in egypt so when Roger Moore shows up on the scene there. He's wearing like traditional Middle Eastern garb and riding on a camel. And I made the joke, which I am quite proud of, that he was Morantz of Arabia. But then literally at the end of them being in Egypt, they have the actual musical theme from Lawrence of Arabia. And I want to know how they got away with that. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if they just, it's the same company who made it. I have to check. Who made Lawrence of Arabia? I don't know, but it, it, it pleased and confused me at the same time. <laughs> it's like, wait, um, isn't this actually Lawrence of Arabia though? I What's think happening? it is. I think it's legally distinct. If I'm not mistaken, I'm doing. I'm, okay. I'm doing, some, somebody spin the, the wheels theme for a minute while I Google. Song. I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm just Wikipediaing the same thing because I think it's in like even the first no. They're made by to- two totally it. different. Uh, production company, so I have no idea how they got away with it. Oh, one other thing. Did y'all know who was the secret set designer for this film who developed the... Yes. Would you like to say, Trevor? Well, no, uh, not not set it. designer. I saw the... Lighting stand, the consultant. Kubrick. And Kubrick, yes. Kubrick yeah. showed up to help them yeah, light the studio, the soundstage that they built specifically for this movie because the guy, I don't know if it was the director, I, was like, well, the volcano set was in a, like inefficient. It was a big waste. So yeah. let's just build a soundstage for this one. Yes. So, uh, and, I, and they I, I actually built out. the biggest soundstage in the world at the time in Pinewood Studios. It's still available. Right. And it is a, a massive soundstage that's actually filled with water. It's the one with all the, the last one with all the two submarines and the giant things of water yeah. and 
All the so stuff. Uh, finally, uh, Hamslitch cheekily segues his segues s e g u segways seg. No, no, what is is that? It's segway. Oh, seg- is that how you spell Segway? I've been yes. I was spelling it like the the, the vehicle. No, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just joking. Different I'm just thing. Joking. Okay. okay, thanks, guys. I'm not a total moron. Spell check would definitely save me. <laughs> <laughs> His score. Is, uh, all right. So he's uh, Ham, ha, all right. Ham's Lich cheekily segues his score into an excerpt from the David Leah's 1962 film Lawrence of Arabia when Bon and Anna Asim, Asim, oh, sorry, Amasova are wandering through the desert. According to the documentary on the DVD, this idea was originally a joke by one of the film's editors who played the music over the dailies of the scene. It became a trend with the subsequent two films in the series similarly referencing class referencing classic film music within their scores. I think it's probably legally not legally distinct, but enough small enough that no one's going to fucking fight James Bond. Yeah, or, or perhaps they recognized it in the credits or something. I didn't pay that close attention to the credits. I think, that, but. I think it is. I think it's like it's like an homage. I think that you're okay. somehow probably have covered to under whatever it or the fuck. pay for it. Or, yeah, I I, I, I'm sure they would. I think you had the money to do that. I mean, yeah. I don't think, and especially like Lawrence of Arabia and some classical movies. Like, how much are they? People are paying for that score on a regular basis, you know? Well, how much older was that film when this movie was created? Like uh, uh, '60s was when early '60s is Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, 1962. So eight, seven. So it's uh, yeah, it's about ten years. Okay, 10, fifteen years. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah, no, sorry, sorry. Yeah, fifteen. Much yeah. more. Yeah, it's okay. fifteen years okay. old at this point. So it's it's classic, and and gotcha. I definitely think that like this is yeah, that was the Cinerama Dome era. So yeah, not Cinerama Dome. You know what I mean? Uh, the three screen projections was mm-hmm. yeah, Cinerama. That's Arabia. Cinerama. Is that Cinerama? Yeah, Cinerama. Yeah, <laughs> Cinerama Dome is the is the Tarantino place he likes to. Yeah, that where they would show Cinerama movies in in Los Angeles, and they Which never showed actual Cinerama, Cinerama movies there. It made me really pissed off. Like, I probably want to watch one. Oh, that's they never sad. showed them. Why, why can't you just go and watch? Like, that's always an amazing thing. Like, you can't just like go to like Hollywood and like see a Cinerama film out there. That seems I like I, I, I don't thought, know. With the Dome, I thought at least once year or something they would show it but no they never did i i had yeah. a i don't think it was you somebody told me that like you could probably see more 70 millimeter films in like houston than you can in like in like la is that true ben in austin they have that 70 millimeter projection austin studio. yeah austin yeah 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 i would say yes but you see a lot more movies on film in general in in, in los angeles and like you have movie snobs will show up and be like they're showing a dvd i'm not gonna stay here like, yeah sorry. all right let's go ahead and score this bad boy and i'm gonna start with sarah Oh, are you want me to start with Trevor? Yes. <laughs> Go to Trevor. Start with the lowest. Cut to Trevor. <laughs> Go work up. Throttle Trevor. the thing. It's like new, we're at Newswave again. I'm throttling to Trevor. <laughs> Sarah wasn't prepared. Go Trevor. <laughs> uh, well, I have uh, been indicating kind of that I'm a little more sour on this one. I want to just sour. disclaim one more time that I do appreciate the camp here quite a bit. Uh, I was telling Sarah earlier my favorite moment is when the aquatic car pulls up onto the beach and Bond uh, just has this look on his face as he just dangles a fish out of the window that and just drops it on the ground. is the purest Moore scene in my opinion. It is just everything right? Moore is perfect at. It doesn't make any sense. No. But it doesn't have to. It doesn't have no, it doesn't have to. And I look forward to more of that in Moonraker. I could have used more of it here. I think I I, I, I can't put my finger on what it is, but the connective tissue here, the plot, or which I know doesn't matter, but maybe the relationship because they put so much focus on it. I don't know what it is. This one's just boring to me, um, especially after Man with the Golden Gun. You know, I was looking at it after it was over. I was like, this one feels longer. They're the same goddamn length. Not only that, this one has twice the budget of Golden Gun, which is Golden one Gun of the is biggest so jumps. Cheap. <laughs> Which I never would have expected from how many special effects and like the fucking island lair and everything. I mean, I guess a lot of it can be accomplished through models, right? Uh, they spent it all on sharks. They, spent, they did spend it they on sharks. They spent a lot of it on... Uh, I mean, that model is so beautiful. I love that model. Well, and the I, I lair, know, right? I, I, Which I, actually, I, I gotta say, I don't care about. It's kind of like the volcano lair. I know it's cool. I know it's like the whole point of Bond for you guys, some of it, but like, I just... It just feels so big and empty to me. And we spend so much time, especially with like some weird zooms and the cinematography, just like lingering on these kind of slow moments, absorbing all the money that went into this. I can't believe it has twice the budget of the previous film. And it is at least half as interesting to me. 
which I'm not numerically working into my score uh, necessarily. But, uh, you know, and little things like that, the disco music suddenly kicking in and just just not fitting into me in any way except for in the first scene in terms of its energy and just how kind of like the most psychedelic this gets the most free and like 70s this gets is that weird ass trippy scene at this at the pyramids which is also jarring and it's like editing and it's use of cinematography in terms of like what it's doing with the lighting which i can see being really cool to you guys but like I don't know. They light up on Jaws like two times in a row in front of the same period. And it's like pyramid. And it's supposed to be like a aha thing. And to me, I'm just like, what, what are we doing? Like, what is the, what's the, I, what, what's the, am I supposed to be surprised? I don't, I don't understand. This film just completely was on a different wavelength for me, I guess. Um, I'm giving it a five. I I'm kind of nonplussed wow. by this guys. Sorry. No, no, it's cool. I, I, uh, I promise I'm never going to yell at you as much as Blade Runner ever again. That'll be the only thing I've I'm not being, like a, I didn't, I, I know that's the benchmark for all time. I wasn't necessarily being look, insecure I, about it, but I, I, uh, I, 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 sorry. I, I promise I will, I, I promise legitimately I will, I'll, I'll just say that movie from now on. <laughs> Sorry. I love you so much. Please don't hate me. Uh, I'm actually not upset about that. I totally get it. I just say that it's actually equal to Man with the Golden Gun in my book. Uh, I know that we're making Ben's head explode. I really want you to talk a little bit about Man with the Golden Gun a little bit because I want to. I know. I know. I know. Oh, is that what's coming? Great. It's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) If you wanted to be on, you should have showed up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I I know. I know. You're moving. Okay. The point is, uh, I think that from my perspective on this movie, I think these movies are kind of equal level in kind of my mind to some extent. And I think the thing is that they're both very different in how they succeed for me. I think the thing that works for me in Man with the Golden Gun is the relationship between Scaramanga and like it's actually like a, kind of a scarier movie. Like it's it's not that Roger Moore era movies do not run and work on the basis that Roger Moore is not going to succeed. Roger Moore is obviously going to succeed. Like there is more risk to Sean Connery and then by extension every other Bond because Roger Moore is just you know he's just I'm too chill for this situation. Mm-hmm. Even when shit's looking bad, obviously I got it. There's no there's no <laughs> Roger Moore strapped to a table and about to get his dick lasered off. Like that's that's like that doesn't happen to roger moore and i think that's on purpose and i think that's totally fine for the chillness and vibe that he's going for for these particular movies that said i do find way more tension and just the friendship between him man that is a cat's asshole sarah um sorry (laughs) there's cats sarah's cats over her left shoulder it's assholes like winking at me it's like crazy (laughs) it's like staring into the devil's butthole i'm just saying okay i'm done anyways the point is like there's two different variations of these movies and one is incredibly cheaper and i find that i enjoy both about the same amount this is more a bond film to me and by that i mean the action sequences are oh yeah and it's like it's just they got they got like the the skiing and the things and i agree i think i think that's the thing too that's going to come back to haunt me a little bit here is that as the stories in these movies get more and more ridiculous i find that i don't care in the enjoyment of it and i think that's the thing it's like i'm looking for saturday morning cartoons almost when i watch bond movies with moors and that's probably why i like the more era because it is more like saturday morning cartoons and i think that by the story it's being very basic like a lot less stuff is happening and i do agree with trevor that like the the romance falls flat between them i do think that's i think i think he's not unaccurate well, it's not that i expect a lot from it it's that i have a similar that. problem with russia where it's just like the exact same thing of a russian lady being like i don't know is she gonna betray mother russia for I bond am i don't sexually, know i am sexually available country from terrible country i don't know what <laughs> men should be like thus i love you and i was like okay well it's, it's just it's it's like this whole i'm not trying to say that i'm saying it's like a whole like foreign availability thing that just is like happening that's not like great uh and i think that by extension i find it i do think the the word i'm going for here is less objectionable is this thing and i think that's the thing too i think the other thing is i just find all more films minus the first one <laughs> less objectionable than the connery errors and i just find myself enjoying these more i think that's the thing i think i'm i like the last movie was like a breath of fresh air man with a golden gun was a huge breath of fresh air this is a breath of fresh air too i think that we're gonna not uh yeah i just think that it's like 
It's really enjoyable to watch this film over and over again. And the story doesn't particularly matter. And I know that's not the thing you're supposed to say as like a critic. But at the same time, I enjoy them both on different levels. I do think that Man with the Golden Gun probably has a better story or not a better story so much as just good interplay and good dialogue. And I think it brought the Bond film back, even though, you know, it doesn't didn't it actually tanked. And I think the guy Broccoli had to put like 13 million of his own money into this one to get it made. So like this kind of saved the franchise a little bit. So this is definitely the better franchised or the better uh, box office movie of the two of them. Uh, yeah, but I just, I just enjoy this movie quite a bit. And I think I enjoy this more as a bond film, even though I'm going to score them about the same at an eight. Yeah. Uh, Ben, you want to go before we slide back to Sarah? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, say, let's do it. (laughs) First off, y'all are crazy about me. The golden gun. It's one of the worst. I don't understand what movie you saw. It's terrible. We, We saw, it you was the first good more movie after like just an eon of bad Connery movies. How about that? <laughs> it's uh, incorrect because Living Let Die is great. And uh, Man of the Gold Gun is so much worse. <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible movie. I, I, uh, it's so boring. You have eight fucking hours of J.W. Pepper. I think those scenes last <laughs> an eternity. I think hell is watching those scenes for an eternity. At least he's not shaking down a black guy in yeah. Alabama, dude. I like. I don't know how to tell you the context of that. It's so no. much worse. No, he's bad in both, but he is he is in it more <laughs> in Live and Let Die. He's there for the entire thing. They have one good stunt in that movie where they flip a car and they ruin it with... That sums up that fucking movie. That movie has a great premise. A assassin is after James (laughs) Bond, and all he does is he lives in his stupid, dumb, mechanical carnival island with his fucking little person that he mocks constantly and gets put in a suitcase in the end of this movie. Fuck you. That's garbage. I hate that fucking (laughs) carnival bullshit garbage set piece. Have him actually hunt James Bond. Instead, he slaps around, dicks around, puts fucking wings on a car. Fuck you. That movie's fucking terrible. Oh, fuck you. That car is cool. Fuck you. That car is a piece of shit. (laughs) Oh, fuck you. Putting a car underwater is like no fucking different. You're off base here, man. So dumb. Cars and water never Car and air dumb. Car and water. Best car. Car and water. (laughs) Good. I'm not going to defend the, the little guy in that film. I'm just going to defend it in the context of the rest of the Bond universe. If that's like what breaks you, Ben, what? No, what, what about? No, I'm just it's about part of the shit pile. Live and let die didn't break you about just the general overall level of. There is a man who is a voodoo priest. There is a man called Whispers who whispers. There is a man with claws. A guy turns into a balloon and explodes. I don't know what oh, to I'm tell s- you, but it's I'm perfect. Sorry. So- I'm sorry the bla- <laughs> like the British people thinking that it was brave of them to have black people as villains. Like that's literally what they said. I'm black just, people as good I, villains. As good villains. As interesting, compelling good villains. Scaramanga did jack shit that whole movie. He sat in his fucking <laughs> underwear and got shot he has in a ten space seconds. Laser. Oh, he's, he's like, got he's robot high. cowboys. I'm going to shoot at the robot cowboys. Fuck you. That movie's terrible. I do Stop not understand what you're talking you, about. First off. No, right, I'm just no, being no, a fine. dick. Don't I'm tell us to. Dick. Sorry. I, I know you're being a dick, but don't tell us to fuck off. No, 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 I'm, I'm not I'm like, ups, I'm not upset. I'm not upset, but I like, I like. I'm saying I fuck like, you to the I'm movie, like, not you, to be clear. And I'm sorry. Okay. All right. That's cool. That's cool. Like, I, 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 I get where you're coming. I get, all right. I get where you're coming. I'll stop saying fuck That's fair. I find that scene to be really cool. <laughs> I, I don't think it's that. cool at all. I, I, well, I just, I, and I know it's it in, just ripping off Enter like, the Dragon, which just came out. You know what yeah. it feels like? It feels like a Saturday evening movie. It feels like movie of the week. It feels like a movie that was made for $10. It just does not feel <laughs> that exciting. That's all budgets. That's all Sorry. No, this has budget. <laughs> this has stuff actually happening. It has twice the budget. Uh, yes. yes. Oh man, yeah. Like literally, the cars go underwater now. Jesus. All right. Now that we're out of the way. Of yeah. That, let's, let's like let's let the lady talk. This. Sarah, no, I haven't said anything about Spy Love Me. Hang oh. on. <laughs> I forgot. It's my favorite Bond movie. Give me a second or one of them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please continue. I love this movie. It is like you said. It is a Saturday morning cartoon in the best way. It is, you nailed it, Jack. Where it's the, it's the cheese matches the the the. 
the, uh, the 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 seriousness and just kind of a perfect little little mix there. It's got everything you want from a Bond. You got the Russians, which you know Bond always lost a little bit of its spark when we lost our our more fun enemy than our less fun nightmare world of now. <laughs> um, it is uh, Bond will just fight hackers forever. It's depressing. Um, and uh, we we've lost you know. That you know, there's something just very fun about it. I love the idea of having a, a female James Bond equivalent. I agree, she's not anywhere as good as James Bond, and uh, you know, I think it's the, one of the rare things that Tomorrow Never Dies actually does well. Um, but uh, there's a uh, I, I enjoy a classic, you know, want to destroy the world plot, even if the villain is boring. Jaws is iconic and perfect. Um, I wish John Barry had scored it, even though I think Marvin Hamish did a good job overall, and I like it still. You know, just, man, I love my John Barry. Uh, but uh, the song at the opening is incredible. The gadgets are gadgety. Uh, the uh, Lotus is phenomenal. Uh, the models are oh, so good. And I love sets. I'm sorry, Trevor. It's just the difference between you and me. I just love, I don't care how big and empty they are. And they're not empty. They're full of people in jumpsuits. And they I, make me laugh thinking about how they recruited these people. What kind of healthcare plan do you have to to to, to, to get this done? Um, the, there's just, I, I, I love Lewis Gilbert a lot. He's like the Wes Anderson of the Bond films. He likes jumpsuits <laughs> and wide takes and making the same movie over and over again. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, and I, and, and I, 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 uh, he's not as good as Wes Anderson. I'm not saying that. Um, but uh, he's very much got his eye on a specific thing. He also talks like an old grandpa, and you should look up any interview with him because he's got the cutest voice in the world. Uh, and uh, it, there's just something fun and light and enjoyable about this. Um, and We've said before, I don't know if you talked about it, but Roger Moore actually doesn't, wasn't a huge fan of violence. So because of that, his films are not typically that violent. And if there's one issue I've had with the Craig era, it's just how dour they are. They just feel so depressing a lot of times. And and because of that, I don't love to revisit them. And this is why this one, I think as a kid, I just dug a lot. You know, I just, I just enjoyed it so much. It's just easy and breezy. It's a nine for me. It's like just kind of almost a perfect Bond film in that way that uh, really great Bond films uh, 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 can just kind of make your afternoon. And this is one where if it was on TNT uh, right now, you know, I'd watch it even with commercials and just kind of have a good day drinking some drinking some gin <laughs> and tonic and watching them more. And this is to hold a special place it- in my heart, even if I can see flaws with it it is an and, experience uh, i would also recommend with commercials and to catch up <laughs> i can yeah, actually diamonds when are you forever. said that i got like nostalgic for the old days of like the spike tv oh, bondathon yeah. so those. i was like oh yeah, yeah. i can totally <laughs> see myself enjoying this more and i was like part of the last group because i've heard people say that like when they were the, the video store kids were like it was really exciting to go to the video store and be like there's another Bond movie that exists, you know, because like I just didn't know about it. And I felt that with TNT where like Octopussy, they just never showed that much. And so when it came on once, I was like, whoa, whoa what is this? This is different. You know, no one's this one. No one watches Octopussy. And, and I know why. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you were like, born yeah. in like 1973, <laughs> like you were 15 when Octopussy came out or something. I don't know. Uh, if, I, like, I, you, I, I think yeah. it was out when you were out. The problem is I was born between like the big one of the bigger breaks because I was born in between License to Kill and uh, Goldeneye. So there wasn't that much out. But the uh, there were lots of video games when I was a kid. So that was the good part. And the Brosnan video games yeah. are very, very good. OK, I've asked po- poetically enough. Thank you. <laughs> okay, sorry, oh, wait, I'll you catch go. you up real okay. quick. Real quick. Diamonds are forever. Two. Uh, Man of the Golden Gun. Four. And uh, live and let die eight. There you go. Sarah, please go. Okay. <laughs> I can't. I really like this movie. It's my favorite Roger Moore so far. We haven't hit Moonraker yet. And I know Moonraker! I remember really, really liking Moonraker as a kid. And Moonraker is why I love Jaws so much. Because I know what his story know. arc is going to be. And I am here for it. Mm-hmm. And so She's I am. She's got pigtails. This is the Jaws. The that is the Jaws that I love. So I Mandela see Jaws effect. now. I'm like, yes, my boy Jaws. We're here. So excited. But yes, I love all of the weird gadgets. I love the 
big, weird lair. Uh, I really like the opening song and the way that it's interworked into the score. You know, again, big band version, notwithstanding. Um, and um, a whole extra half a point for Caroline Monroe, who played Naomi, who we only see very briefly. Mm. But she is very beautiful. And I was very sad to see her helicopter get blown up. So I give this a 7.5 out of 10. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I'm going to do that math. So somebody, somebody, vamp, vamp. Nobody does. I can't believe I came in like a whole two points under the low, the next lowest score. I can't believe we, we were just, I was so divided on this one. I don't know why. I know. No, that's a, I, 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 I'm trying I just, to see, I just, because for a while we get like really loud songs. This is, this and Moonraker, the last two quiet songs. Oh no, For I, Your Eyes I Only so is, a, is a ballad. I love For Your Eyes Only. That's a great song. Never yeah, mind. For Your Eyes Only is a good song. I, 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 I just, I'm going to, if Trevor gives uh, Moonraker a higher score than this, I just want to watch like Ben's temples explode. There's no, <laughs> there's no question I'm going to give it. It's in space. How could I not? I'm going to love Moonraker. I'm fine if he loves Moonraker because Moonraker is ridiculous. Like, if he doesn't love Moonraker, yeah, I might actually be mad <laughs> more than if he doesn't <laughs> like it. Moon, Moonraker I'm like, at that point, is, what do you want, yeah, Trevor? Like, yeah. what, how will we satisfy Moonraker you? is Peter Gilbert's last chance to impress me. It's like, show me what you got. Lewis Put it all Gilbert. on the table. The yeah. only thing back, I, I, Peter Gilbert. I, let's, let's, let's just say this up front. He he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. The man probably should have, and he doesn't. <laughs> he, he's just like, we're going all in. We're going to space. <laughs> oh, they 1,000%. Uh, yeah, Five from the cast as a whole. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I think that, uh, yeah, it's the spy who loved me, so I think we officially give it a greater score than Man with a Golden Gun by 0.5. Trevor. I mean, sorry, a Ben. <laughs> and I think Ben's frozen. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> from everyone here at the Movie Gang Podcast, this is Ben, Trevor Flynn. Goodbye. Sarah Becker. Thanks for listening. And me. the frozen Ben Haworth. I'm Ben Hallworth. Goodbye. I'm oh, no, sorry. He's frozen. Uh, but we'll get him back on the call and finish up. I've been your host, Jack Newman. Head on over to the Tuscan Shed Media Network.com. That's the Tuscanshed.com. You can check all of that out. Go and check out uh, everything over there, including Animania, the pen and paper pod, old Geek Space 9 episodes. You can check all that out and make it go. Check out all those things while you're there. You can head on to each of our individual iTunes and give us a scores. We'd really appreciate that. Give us five stars. Helps us go up the ranking. We don't know why. But just go ahead and do that. If you want to give us feedback, you can head on over to Twitter. I'm really trying to do run on Twitter right now. We're getting some nice comments doing some things. Go check that out. Head on over to at the underscore. Sorry, let me find it up. It's right here. I, I don't know why I would fucking get it wrong again. Yeah, it's at the underscore movie underscore gang. Go check that out. I probably need to change our handle a little bit because it sucks, but check that out. It's the at the underscore movie underscore gang. There's a Twitter handle that's the movie gang that is never active and I hate them so much because they just stole the handle and they have like five followers. Fuck you guys. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, from everyone here at the movie gang podcast and by extension the Tuscan Shed Needy Network, thanks for listening. Ben's back. Say goodbye, Ben. Bye, everyone. It's okay if you like me with the golden gun i'm just i'm just shocked and <laughs> i just haven't gotten over it jesus <laughs> it's been a long week and it's the last thing i needed <laughs>